0: Love a rugby league same-game multi? Then you've got to check out Picklebet same-game multi. Watch your odds and payouts skyrocket when you combine your favourite team's markets like head-to-head, first try scorer, and winning margin. Picklebet, the next-gen betting app and official sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast.
1: What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: Hey now, you're an all-star,
1: get your game on, go
0: play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. All
1: that is gold,
0: only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars podcast. It is Barnsley here, back for the Supercoach episode of the week. The second last week of Supercoach. I have a very special guest that jumps on a couple of times each year. Had him in the preseason. Haven't managed to catch this guy during the year because he's a very busy man on the Champions podcast, sometimes with uh, with Wilfred and the boys, but also uh, one of the Supercoach Experience podcast hosts, which means he's also a former champion, Tim Moody. Welcome aboard, mate. Good to have you for the back end of Supercoach and the run home and the head-to-head grand final week. Mm, I believe this is called the penultimate round, is that correct? Penultimate would be right, unless you're classic, and then next week might be the penultimate round, especially with those top few. Jesus, it's close.
1: Do you know when I learnt that word, a little bit of um, fun fact? I learned that word playing the Olympics game on PlayStation about, probably about 15 15- that was a quality
0: again? game, especially good if you game. had six pack of beers each and four of you just going for it and going. Me the, and the my race.
1: stepbrother were so competitive with it, and he had that fast finger technique going way better than I did. But I was good at some events, but yeah, I learned the penultimate, I learned that word there. So, uh,
0: that was a real finger smasher that game me. as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, just, he just had to smash a the button, there wasn't much to it. Uh, look. Tim, it's been it's been a little while since you won. It's a couple of years have passed now, isn't it? Two years since you crown yeah, yeah. yeah. So how are you? How are you tracking this year?
1: Uh, not great. You know, it's not been a good year for me. Um, I, I got as high as one thousand, and then sort of uh, it started. The wheels started coming off over the buy period. I just started making a lot of pod decisions. Going fifty um, fifty calls got wrong um whether i go this guy that guy and yeah i just have been harping on about it all year but I just haven't prioritized um making money so it's just made trading players that i want in difficult and having to make sacrifices to you know cold guys that i should probably keep or you know use two trades to get one player and get a Average player that end up getting stuck playing over the buy period and stuff like that. So that's probably been the story of my year. And I guess it's um, the good thing is that next year should be a pretty similar year for Super Coach. I'm imagining strategy wise just based on the should be a similar like one buy for each team each year and three major buy rounds. So at least we've had that experience to learn from. I feel like I've picked up a few lessons I might be able to take into next year, which is good.
0: Yeah, it, it is a good practice year, isn't it, for the new format and stuff? And it, it, it's a massive change. Like it's, people, especially that just started this year, or even just started last the year before, would think, "Oh, you know," it's but it's a massive change. If you have played it for a long time, especially, it's probably I think it's the biggest change that we've had with having the buy every round, and then not just the big buy round, but the mini big buy, round. and just the juggling of it all, coupled with you know the increases in HIA protocols and different things like that it's been really hard and i I was the same as you in in that i was behind you but i decided to make a heap of different pod decisions and things and hope they'll come off because you got to do that right like you're right like if you were a thousand you got to just go for it right because if you don't make the pod decisions and you're either just going to hover or just go up a little bit and hardly anything Mm. it's just there's not really much point just going along with the pack you've got to try and chase and it either comes off and you feel awesome or it doesn't at all, and you're terrible. Or there's an in between, which is like a you know the the draw in rugby league feel, where you go to Golden Point, yeah. you, you each just go to ninety minutes and just take a point each.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, it's been a rough one, man. I feel like um, for me, it, you've got you got to sort of like get the the strategy right and what you're going to do and how to play it pretty quickly on the run each year. And every year is a little bit different, but yeah, this year has been. Much, much different for me. I've never played three buy rounds. Um, That's... I believe they used to happen before my time, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I was used to the... I was used to the threes, um, but it was... One of those things too which we didn't mention before where even though I was used to the threes I've never encountered the best 13. So when we did have the threes yeah. you used to always like have like 15 runners at least and sometimes one of them you'd have like 17 and you'd just go great guns whereas this year I thought it brought the pack together a lot as well in the buy rounds because you had the best 13 right.
1: Mm, definitely yeah so yeah try, I'm trying to navigate this year's been a
0: headache. Look appreciate you coming on we are going to go through this week, it, for everyone listening, it is going to be a head-to-head flavour because it is grand final week, but we all, you know, to also talk a little bit to overall too. First off, brief round 25 review. Let's do the Clint Eastwood segment, the good, the bad, the ugly. Obviously, this week for head-to-heads, it was to get to grand finals. It's this past week, I should say. And I had three goes and I ended up in one of them, and I feel pretty shit about that. So uh, my good was that I got through on one of them with a... Uh, a 1304, which was a pretty bad score. So I was pretty disappointed with my score. But um I'll tell you what, I'll say the good was Tedesco. He's come through for me this last round. Hundred and twenty five yeah. points. And it's sort of it's a it was a great feeling, but then I, I couldn't even and this has happened to me all season, Tim. I get these good wins, but then I can't even feel good about it entirely because like Teddy obviously then got knocked out. He was looking like he was going to go 150-plus, and I reckon he had another yeah. try in him, and he was really close before he actually got that that KO too, and it, it looked like that for sure. And I had the VC on him. Now, even if he just scored the 150-plus, I would have actually gone through an all three, uh, into three grand finals because I only lost two Ooh. others by 19, 20 points. So the other thing too was that at the 120 that he was, I thought, oh, I could do the the VC loop, but then I had um, Pangai Jr. as my worst player. I knew he would be about 30 points, and he was. And then, of course, yeah. Alex Johnston gave me 25 points anyway in my center wing. So it was like I could I could have done the loop and ended up better off. I would have got Alex Johnston anyway, and I would have got the 125. Though I would have got through on everything. So I love Teddy at 125, but it still stings a little even with that yeah. good one. Um, what about you? What was your good win for the week?
1: My good was uh Rapana. One of the random people that have Rapana in my side, he was one of my pods that didn't really go too well for me, except for uh this last round. So I, I knew he had it in him. Uh, um But, yeah, I just, yeah, it didn't really work out. <laughs> but, yeah, great, great this round. It was a, a bloody blinder from
0: him. 160 points is, I think... um it's definitely within the top 10 best scores of the year. It must be, it might've been in the top six, I think of the, the best scores all right. season. So it was a big one. And I tell you what, that um, that, that probably, I may as well just say that's my bad mate, because I tell you a month ago, and I said it on this podcast, I wanted Rappina so badly because he was so cheap and he had a good matchup. Uh, I, I thought it was against the Dragons a month ago. I could be wrong. He had such a good matchup and, He's only gone solidly, which you would know full well for a month, where he was getting yeah. basically almost around 60 every single week for a few weeks in a row. But then he just throws up a yep. 160 when it really matters. So I think he's only he's less than 2% owned. So that's a big one for you. Congratulations. That's a massive week.
1: Yeah, it was very nice to watch. He's a fun player to have too. And he, I think he's a bit of a um, – I wouldn't put him in cult hero status, but – Oh, a lot of people think he, a lot of people call him a grub on the weekend,
0: but um, I, I think he, I think he's fun. I think he's fun because he's a competitor, isn't he? Well That's what it is yeah. for me. Like he just he's in everything, and even if it's, it's scrappy on. or not very pretty yeah. or what, he's just always there. And that's that's what he did on the weekend against the dog. So uh that's a good one. Um, my bad was not having him, but I'll say my ugly Alex Johnston. I already mentioned twenty five points, and this. At this point of the season, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll say Munster as well, 28 points. At this point of the season, getting guys in the 20s, it's just a killer, it isn't is. it, Tim? Because you, you're kind of up against teams that are stacked. You're expecting your low score to probably be 50 in your 17 and being able to choose through a lot of options. But I think a lot of teams have been decimated. Like I, mine was I had very few options to choose, really. Like I wasn't going to play a, a Pangai, a Panassini, a Katoa, a Robson. I left these guys out, and that's a Sharks katoa, by the way, not the Melbourne one where I would have played him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So you don't,
0: you don't have that many options either, you? but you do expect guys like Alex Johnston to sort of you know, step up and be a bit better than that. So, yeah, it, you probably had Munster too, so that's probably going to be your low light.
1: Yeah, I did have Munster. I, I'm just shocked that, like, for such a high-scoring game that he could not be in anything at all, really. So... um we, is this the terrible section? What are we on still? The bad or the we're not in the ugly yet. Are oh, we? we'll go
0: for the ugly. Give me your ugly. Okay, what's the ugly? ugly one of your mates, uh,
1: Mike Asivo.
0: Oh, it is ugly. Yeah, I played him.
1: So I could have played other. There's other players I could have played. None of them were like massive stand out great options. Like I had Cioni Cattela, Ute Hosking, and that and Sony Luke. So maybe Hosking looked all right. Yeah, but. Um, Still didn't look like he was going to play 80 minutes. But, yeah, I I just was excited to play Sevo because he'd been out for a bit and he was like, "Oh, he's back, you know. I was so pumped. And, yeah, nothing. He's in my never again list. But I I have to assess this postseason so I might be being a bit harsh because it has everything that's coincided with Sevo not going well has got to do with Dill Brown not being there. Mm. So even this round, Dill Brown was playing on the other side. So that didn't help. SIVO's case. And then the whole time that um Gil Brown was going through the court case, that's when SIVO was really struggling as well. So it's a tough one. I think it might not be a never-again list, but but very close. I'd have to have very, very good reason to bring him in.
0: Yeah, you know that I'm a big Sivo fan, and we've talked about this between me and you previously yeah. when we both brought him in and stuff. I've spoken on the podcast so much. Like I I talk up how much I love him and stuff, but I've always said, you know, he is a run guy. He's never a guy you can play every week. And you got to hit him for that run, you know, and I had a goal with him when I brought him in where it was something like seven weeks or something that I was targeting him for. And it was like, I want him for that seven weeks to average seventy odd points. And he did it. But then of course you end up stuck with him because I didn't get rid of him when I should have and stuff. And he ended up losing all his value and, uh you yeah. end up playing him when you're desperate and you, you get some of those scores like on the weekend. So he's he's not never gonna be a never again for me because I just love the big fella. But he is very much a runs guy. And even like most of the time like the six or seven weeks was too long anyway, even though it worked out really, you wanted him for probably four weeks or something and then, you know, move him on at peak and I reckon that'll be the SIBO the by next year. We'll probably both go into that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure you'll probably be relevant around the buy period and we'll be sucked in I've just sent you a little picture. I don't know if you've seen it before or not. It's of mm-hmm. Uh for the viewers at home. Um, he's he's wearing it. It's him in the change room wearing a pair of speedos with his own face all over it. And it's just—it's a great photo. <laughs> it's just is... like one. I think it's one of the great rugby league photos.
0: You, you can't put a guy never again when he's wearing speedos with his own face his own all face over
1: it. And just yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> you
0: gotta love him. All all is forgiven. Well, look. We need to move on. It was a um, it was a big round. Um, I mean, some of the big scores was the other thing to talk about. Obviously, the the one hundred and sixty was huge. Uh, but it was just one of those things where I, I grabbed onto the Greg Marzou and and I've been pumping up Greg you all season. Like I couldn't believe that so many teams didn't know him. Like even a couple of weeks ago, he we was still only like sixteen percent or something. But there's all these guys that were like, oh, I want you this week. I really do, but I've got no trades. Elisa Elisa Katoa, 8.2%, 127 Mm. points, third best score of the round. I would have bought him over and over again this last week, but I just didn't have the money to do it. And DWZ was the same. I would have loved to have had him the last week because he was so cheap. He was only just over 600K. And he went yeah. up 100. He went 126 points, and that looked like he might have been going for the quadie as well with the tries the way he was scoring. So those couple is really hurt. And then you look at some of the other ones. You know, Damien Cook at number eight, 117. He's a bloke that I own for ages, and I decided to choose Spud Harry Green over him, and I traded Cook out. Should have <laughs> just kept Cookie. So there, there was a lot of those ones in the um in the top sort of 20 players, even if you go past the top 10. You know, Ali, Another guy for the last two months that I would love to have bought at 380k, but I just didn't have the trades to be able to do it. And he throws up 108, and he's been killing it as well with a, a three-round average of 89 and a five-round of 77. So a lot of these boys have come good that look like good buys. I think a lot of us just ran out of the trades, and those that didn't would have really cleaned up on the weekend.
1: Yeah, I reckon you're being a little harsh on our boy Harry, though. Like, he 59 last week, 110 the week before, 57 the week prior. You take it. Hundred and forty nine four rounds ago. Uh then a thirty
0: six and ninety five. Like it's I just don't I just don't I just don't pay Harry for fifties and thirties So It just uh, <laughs> I think it's yeah. you're right, he does have the big ones in him, but haven't I mean, you found that it's just fluctuated so much where it's just been every I, I just two or three though, weeks.
1: As a long term smart decision for super coach, just have Harry Grant on your side for the next, you know, say six years at least. I reckon that at least solve take a lot of stress off your super coach brain.
0: I love him, but I, I gotta, I'll be a bit controversial here. I'll, I'll throw a controversial question to you. Watching him on the weekend, one of the comments that I made when I was uh, chatting to a couple of friends watching the game was, Jeez, has Harry, is the reason that Harry Grant has sort of been hit or miss this year, has he turned into to what Damien Cook did a few years ago? You remember like a, a few years ago, Damien Cook all of a sudden stopped running the ball as much and then inadvertently stopped getting the attack and stuff and then his work rate went down and then he started having these, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s when before a few years ago we didn't really see that from Cookie. I was starting to wonder, you know, are we a bit concerned this season that might be Harry Grant's trajectory that maybe he's, he's changed his style a little bit?
1: No, I think we'll see what we always know of Harry more often than not, you know, scheming and taking his opportunities when, you know, the markers are, you know, not not where they should be and (laughs) going for little darts and good close to the line. Oh, yeah, Harry's the man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you love him too much. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. I've talked into it. I'll, I'll just keep him, but I've got no trade, so I've got no Yeah, trade no, but for, for the next six years, <laughs> 10 years. Awesome. 10 years. Yeah. Well, Nico Hines came through 108. I'll mention that too because it was um, – Give was, him
1: was, a 10-year contract in your super cage team like a Tino, mate. Oof.
0: Oh, I said I don't think that's going to work out, so I'm not a fan <laughs> of the 10-year contract. I, I, I'm more – You know, that's very progressive with the 10-year contracts. I'm more old school where I'd rather just go, you know, I'll I'll pay you for the wins. (laughs) If you lose, you get like some beers after the game. But if you win, I'll give you 500 bucks. They used to do that like 30 years ago. I reckon that kept them pretty keen. I'd, I'd rather one of those deals. Why not? Bring it back. Look. Nico came back, and he's the last one we'll just finish on Touching on. 108 points. Um, I just mentioned him because he's one that's been a bit controversial the last month, and I haven't had a chance to chat to you about this stuff the last month. So that was one where it was definitely SJ, Nico, and Cleary, and there was a lot of arguments about it. And it became a little bit of a race uh, the last few weeks because Nico had that 22 points against Penrith in round 22, and everyone said he was done. Since then, he's gone 155 hundred, fifty five and 108. So, he's well and truly back in the in the frame of things. He was actually the best halfback on the weekend as well. Better than Cleary, better than SJ. So, it's going to be an interesting run between round 23 and round 27 on, on how those three halfbacks perform. And I think that there'll be a lot of pub bets that'll be settled on that. But Nico's 108 on the weekend, puts him right in the frame again.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Hey? Like, I think
0: you know, SJ's had a couple of
1: 60s in his, and other than that, been pretty decent. Cleary, uh, Cleary's been a bit up and down. Um, yeah, I've got this query um, sj combo, and I was, wasn't was heaped staunch on, like, that's the best combo and you have to have that combo. That's just the combo I I wanted. Um, just I just thought SJ was super fun. I picked him up well before most people did. Um, that was one thing I did get right when I was trying to pot up. Um, I think everyone else was going Moses at that point, and that's when I sort of jumped on mm. SJ that early. Um, yeah.
0: That was a good one. That was around the buy round. Yeah, clearly for me, being a staunch Penrith fan,
1: you know, he's always going to have a spot on my side. So um it's, it was really hard letting go of Nico. And I know that, you know, he can score well any game and just accumulate so many points. But for me, the only reason I did it was just because I thought there was a little bit of um confidence issues. And that was the main know, thing I could put it down to just wanting wanting the other guys more and being able to find a little bit of an excuse in Nico um okay. looks a
0: little bit um non confident. Yeah. Well he's around forty percent now in ownership. So um so that's gonna be interesting because he dropped about twenty percent in the last sort of maybe three weeks. So calls- big awesome.
1: I've loved it. It's great that it's not just the it's usually just the main two full um, you know, halves and five eights and everyone's got the same
0: one. So it's made it interesting. Oh, for sure. And I mean, it's a good race. Sean Johnson's three round is 94 and Nico's is 88. So it's very close. And it's going to come down to this last couple of weeks. Look, we're going to have a quick strategy chat. Uh And before we do, I need to mention the fantastic partner that we've got in Picklebet. Picklebet.com, go and jump on them now. You can check out some of the fantastic odds that they've got. They are great for sport, but they're also good for racing. They're also good for e-gaming. They've got some of the best e-gaming that you'll see if you're into that sort of stuff. But sport-wise, Picklebet, uh, I mentioned last week, you know, some of their odds that you'll find. I went on Daniel Tubo for the first try score last week, and it didn't come through, but he was paying 10 bucks on Picklebet, and everyone else had him seven fifty to $8.50. So that's the sort of value Gosh, you can find yeah. on there. And I reckon that if you sign up this week, you're going to find some pretty good value as well. So have a look. Uh, go to picklebet.com. When you sign up, make sure that you use the affiliate code ALLSTARS, or one word. That way you, they'll know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. But having a look at it this week, you're going to see some great value in the NRL. We're going to get a all multi-up this week. But if you think that the Parramatta Eagles are going to turn up, they're paying $9.40 against Penrith. And that is massive money. I don't think they're going to turn up, but wow. $9.40 is massive odds.
1: Well, as a Penrith fan, I'll say they're probably one of the teams I'd prefer not to play in the – I know we're probably not going to have to because they're probably not going to mm. make the finals. But, um, yeah, we, we, they've sort of got the wood over us a lot, you know what I mean? And we find it quite hard to play them. It's not an easy win for us. So for nine fifty, oh, I mean, chuck a cheeky 10 bucks on it. Then go oh, buy myself a definitely. nice, buy myself a nice shirt or something afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe stick a uh, fifteen bucks in it and reward myself with a jersey.
0: <laughs> I, I like that. I like that a lot. I tell you what, my one for this week. Uh, if you have a look at the Melbourne Storm line, it's to win by twenty points, and the Roosters to win by sixteen. They're playing the Titans and the Tigers, and uh, those both those teams are going to want to win. Um, so the roosters especially have to win and they want to put on points as well so i like them at 16 point winners and i also like the storm with the side that the Gold Coast is named and you're going to get close to three dollars fifty just for that two legger so love that one but go and have a look on picklebet.com your affiliate code referral code is all stars or one word go sign up today and check them out they're fantastic Always think, is it a bet that you really want to place? For free and confidential support, you can call 1-800-8500-858 or visit GamblingHelpOnline.org.au. Now we're on a strategy chat, Timmy, and it's all about head-to-head grand finals. So obviously there's a lot of different uh, strategies or little tricks and things that you can employ in a head-to-head matchup. Some people don't do it all the time or often, uh, but certainly at head-to-head time in the grand final or even the final series, you really want to start to look at it even if you don't normally. And there is a few different strategies that you can employ in your head-to-head grand finals this week to try and help you get the win. Uh so the first one, I'm going to hand over to you because I know that you love doing this. Mm. Lineup tickering. So, you know, doing all weird stuff with your lineup so when you when your opponent looks at it, they've got no idea what you're doing. So don't disclaimer alarms and stuff for this. Yeah, I
1: will say disclaimer before I open with any other comments. Um make sure you don't out by yourself and don't trick yourself because <laughs> i've done that too many times but yeah it is quite fun um what i like to do with head-to-heads i haven't done it this year because i've burnt myself too many times recently but if that's mainly because i sleep in a bit on the weekends <laughs> <laughs> um but um yeah okay so this is what you do you get your guys that are on the right Your your um your nafs, your backup guys, your dodgy players, and bring them over to the left onto the field. And I try, try and make myself the lowest um, predicted score I could get for the round. With that, um, if you got Super Coach Gold, it'll tell you your predicted score. So normally, it's, you'll see, you know, you and your opponent about thirteen hundred each or something. I'll try to get mine down to about like, th- three to four hundred by picking really bad players or and then putting the captain on someone who's you know got the lowest predicted score, and then it just does their head in because they're trying to work out what's going on. There's all these players down the bottom of the head-to-head um, in the non-playing section that they can eventually work it out, but it makes them sort of have to spend a bit of time working out what's going on here. But uh, I guess you can, if you don't want to be too tricky with it, just something as simple as you know start with different. Uh, vice-captains and captains. If you're not vice-captaining in the first game or whatever, then put your vice-captain on someone a bit later so they don't know what you're doing and then just pick your vice-captain sort of with a minute or two to lock out.
0: Yeah, it does depend on how committed that you want to be. Um, which is like maybe it's just a grand final week thing for you. Maybe you don't normally do this, but grand final week, you're going to be watching it real close. But like yeah. Tim said, the big disclaimer is that you've got to make sure you don't stuff it up, right? Like you don't want to put enough in there that ends up playing the first game and then go, oh, no, I'm down a yeah. player. So.
1: Well, shout out to Sav's Paul bugger last week was doing a little bit of cutesies last week in one of his games. And um, lockout was at like 2 o'clock, but the game kicked off at 2.05. It was a weird thing. Like five minutes, before, like it locked out five minutes before the game actually kicked off, and so yep. he, yeah, then couldn't do the trade he wanted to do. So yeah, just little things like that. You've got to be really make sure you cross the Ts, dot the Is, and
0: um... I always like to do it like ten minutes or so before because if you if you leave it too close, that's when you get a sab situation, and you don't want to you don't want to do that. Um, the other good thing too is that the guys that are on a buy. So this week at South Sydney. Like you can, you can move them around right until the last game, so that's not going to really affect you. Um, and I, I like your one of the other things with the lineup tinkering, you can do what I like, and that's you know, make it look like that you're not just hiding everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be as obvious, just slightly discreet, so they're like, Oh, he's not going to play that guy, okay. But then you look like you're going to play someone else that you could play. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I might sh- yep. show that I'm going to play Hosking, but I'm actually going to put it on Bateman. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, just swap it around sort of thing. And it's getting a little bit confusing just so they can't plan too much for everything.
0: Yeah, and that's what you want, isn't it? You want them not to plan. Um, a way to make them not look that much as well is uh, I really like to match everyone I can that they're playing. So particularly if you've got mm. some... Uh, like three or four guys on your bench that you're not going to play that the other team looks like that they're playing. If you match those guys, uh, it really puts it on the other other person that you're up against to try and figure it out. And most of the time what you'll find is that a lot of people in a head-to-head are going to look at, not benching those guys are going to look at the um, the um other options and stuff or changing captains or, or doing trades or doing different things when the reality is you're not going to match any of those guys anyway. You're actually going to bench each one one at a time before each game and put your other guy in that you're going to play instead. Uh And that really limits the time as well that people can change stuff. But the captaincy one, I love that you brought up, and that's an obvious one. But it's one where you know, I like to do it before every game, <laughs> like in a grand final. like put it on someone before every single game that's going to play that game and then 10 minutes yeah. before, change it to the following game. So game by game, they think your captain's going to play, but then it inadvertently doesn't until you get, you know, five games in or whatever. <laughs> um, if you can go all the way to the end, it's great. Like, if you're going to Captain Ponga this week, you know, start with the second game, 10 minutes before, move it to the third, 10 minutes before, move it to the fourth, and just keep going until eventually it's Caelan Ponga because it's a lot harder. So I, did this to last year. It I did this last year.
1: I did this last year, and it was funny. as Yeah, I put it on Addo Car, and then took it off and then Car had like highest score of the round and everyone was like oh what like he's a genius oh no what he didn't do it what are you doing what's going on and then I did it to like Brimson as well and he went off so it's kind of like for me you put it on those guys and I feel like they're going to have a big game because they think they're the captain you trick your player you know what I mean you tr- I'm getting a bit uh fantasy <laughs> for you but you have a chat to one of your players and go, yeah, you're the captain, Bateman. Go then have a binder and he goes,
0: oh, yeah, sweet. And he just take it off here <laughs> real quick before he runs. Give them a bit of false game. confidence before they run in. <laughs> I love it. Well, <laughs> the, the, the vice captain is really fun to play around with too because, it's, you know, you can you can sort of wait to loop it. You don't have to loop it straight away. And that's something that people probably make the mistake with. Like They get a really big score and they think, oh, I'm just going to loop it. Whereas, like, if you, for example, have the vice captaincy on Cleary straight up and you've got the C on Ponga, if you've got like a a Martin from Newcastle, which a lot of people do, that's enough, Um, you know, and you've got, you know, the game before you're starting someone that you want to use Martin with, you know, you can wait until a couple of games left before you do the loop. You don't need to do it the second game or whatever. And that's really going to play around with your head to head opponent. Um, And, you know, you you can actually flick on the loop and then flick it back off again as well. You know, it'll actually throw the points in there for a few hours. And the other person oh always looped, he's like, you know, uh, 200 points ahead. What's going on? I've got to change my side. I'm going to. Best thing is, if they burn their trades in those few hours, right? They go, Oh, I've got to play catch up. Let's trade a couple of guys out and get some, dip. and then just take the loop off and then just go, No, nah, I'm just going to keep it on Ponga. And, you know, it goes back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's a really good one.
1: There's all sorts of crazy mind games you can do. Like, say, like, get another similar sort of thing, but with captains. Like, I was in a situation. Situation a couple of weekends ago where I was going to do this, but I wasn't sure if I'd pull it off. But this is the scenario. Scenario is they've, um, your person you're playing, they've got the captain on the person that you want to have your captain on, but you're behind in the head to head, and you know you're going to have to probably put it on someone else just to try and win it. But because you really, really like the guy that we're both kind of captaining at the moment, you and your opponent say it was Poller for me two weeks ago. What I was planning to do was, like, just before the game, put it on Munster, try get them to put it on Munster, and then flick it back to Ponga just before the game kicked off, like with a split second yep. ago where they couldn't change it. So it's like kind of, yeah, like double bluffing them and making them change it to Because sometimes your head-to-end opponent goes, all I need to do is match his captain to beat him, and that's all I need to do. So that if you captain halls, but they're like, well,
0: there's are guarantee captain the They've not got it
1: done, so just do it. even yeah, even though it's not pretty, yeah, you just if it's smart, super coach you would lock that play in. So if you can be tricky like that, that's a fun. I've thing. been
0: done by that multiple times where you know it's gone back and forth. They've changed mm-hmm. it and changed it, and I've actually gone on the on the bluff. Change, 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 change. Where we've gone back and forth for ten minutes before kickoff, and then they're on it. And then a minute to go, they're off it. But I've also had it go the other way where I've lost, where they've gone back on it and I've jumped off a minute to go. You know, so it's it's pretty funny yeah. some of the things that happen in the head-to-heads, especially when you hit the finals. The last probably point that I'll make on a couple of different strategies for your head-to-head grand finals this week is if you are going to use that loop, if you've got two trades, it, it's because it, it, if you're head-to-head only, right, Tim, it, it's this week and bust. It doesn't matter about anything else if you're head-to-head only. It's just this week. So, just just I know where you're going. Enough, yeah.
1: Well, you know what? I was suggesting if you've got trades, here's a I'm sorry, I swore on the All Stars podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mate. Um, okay, yes, so here's a good one. Say you got trades up your sleeve and you you assume they do, or you know they do as well. You could bring in someone, say you bring in someone that you don't actually want to play, but they're like, I'll bring them in too to block it, sort of thing.
0: Yeah then update your trade.
1: Yeah, and then you can update that trade just before the game too. So they might bring in a guy. Yeah, so there's a lot of different – you'd have to be smart with it and make sure you know it's a guy that might not get good game time or something like that, that might not seem obvious. There's
0: there's so many things that you can do. I've I've done the the enough in to neutralise the loop before, and it works a treat. Where, like, I think this week, the example is there's going to be a fair few people that own uh, Pacura at the Broncos, mm-hmm. and Pekura is on the bench and going to get you know bench minutes and, and be pretty, you know, maybe score 30 points or something. And if you're worried about him as enough, particularly by that point when Brisbane's playing, if especially with squads pretty small at this point with who's available, if you know that your next best player is 70 points, use a trade just enough Picura because you know that you're the guy, the next best player is 70 points and that's not going to be what he gets. And then all of a sudden your loop becomes even more valuable. And if you've only got 18 and one of them's Pekura, then you know that you're going to get the same 17 you're going to play anyway just by nuffing him and getting him out of the picture. Mm. So certainly if you've got some of those bench players or anything later in the round that you're worried about with the AE, you can just nuff them with one of those trades. You don't have to feel like you need to get someone in if you've got some good runners. But we, we have talked about strategy for a long time, Tim. Let's talk about market watch. Let's talk about trading. It is an easier week this week because, you know what, almost everyone getting traded out in the top tens from South, so it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and they're injured. You know, they're, the only person in the top 10 that is being traded out that is playing this week is Clint Gutherson. So, and I reckon that's a good trade too still because, one, they're playing Penrith, but... It's almost, when we're talking about the overall players, you're looking towards next week too, you know, yeah. which are the two teams that don't have a game this week and next week, and it's South Sydney this week and then Pen- and then Parramatta next week. And Parramatta is almost like, well, I don't want to play them this week because it's Penrith, and they got the buy. So their season's just about done for everyone, whether you're classic or, or head-to-head. So mm-hmm. trading out those power players makes a lot of sense.
1: Big time, 100%. Yeah, I'd be selling Gutho for sure. If you've got the trades, and if, if you do have him in your side, and you don't have any trades, I'd consider playing other guys over him to maybe even guys you wouldn't even think are worthy.
0: Well, I mean, he he got thirty-seven against Benrith in round four, yeah, so that was and that was after he started pretty well. Yeah,
1: I feel sub. I feel sub fifty, but then again, Gutho is such an effort guy. So, but then again, he's still walking into. The Wall of Penrith, isn't he? I just say I think he'll really try hard and he'll throw everything at it, but whether that comes off, you know, you get the sub catch point. Yeah, the work, the last maybe. month
0: when you look at it, fifty five, eighty two, thirty three, sixty seven. He hasn't set the last month on fire, and his eighty two was against the Dragons. So I mean, he's
1: not going to do it against Penrith, is he? Yeah, no,
0: nah, like against Melbourne, uh, Brisbane, and the Roosters, he's basically average low fifties between those three games so it's it's not going to be a good one likely for him and he doesn't have a great record in recent times so you know that that makes sense I think it's probably better just to look at the trade-ins when we're looking at market yeah. watch this week and there is some really interesting ones I look at this list Tim and I just I cried my eyes out almost this afternoon because I don't have any trades and it just happens that this is a week where everything's fallen into line where there's just so many good buys uh, I mentioned that uh, where Tony Zalesniak was a guy that I wanted and didn't have the trades for, and he smashed it last week. He's the most trading player at the moment, 14.4% of all trades. He'd gone up a fair bit, but 677000 especially for Ruben Garrick owners. I think that everyone can pretty easily afford him, and he's still only just on 10%. Uh, so playing against the Dragons this week over in New Zealand with a 126 last round against Manly, you just look at this one and go, well, What did he do last time against St. George? I'll tell you what he did. He scored four tries and 175 points. So he deserves to be the most trading player this week. And I I can't see him not getting at least a double, at least.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You could cut cut him in half for a double and you'd still be stoked with half of 175 You'd be stoked with it. Well, what is it like eighty something? I'm not. Yeah, you'd probably us. be about eighty five ish, eighty seven, I yeah. think. Yeah. So I
0: mean, that's a that's got to be a, one of the best centre wing tradings that you can make this week. Although one of the other guys that's just behind him is Joey Manu. Now at six hundred seventy six thousand, they are almost identical in price. So there's less than a thousand bucks between them, and Joey Manu is playing the West Tigers, and he's playing fullback. And prior to this year when he was playing fullback, his average was somewhere around the realm of 110 points almost. So the number one jersey, he loves it. The West Tigers are no good. <laughs> they're they're giving away barbecues to players. They're, they deserve to get points put on them. And Manu with Teddy out at fullback all of a sudden looks like maybe even arguably the best captaincy option. In the last six weeks, Tim, he has gone 79, 78, a dud 18, 97, 72, and 70. But if you even take that 18 points out, the only time he hasn't gone 70s, you've got to go back to round 15, and that was against Penrith where he scored 51. So since round 15, aside from one off week, he's gone 70s, 90s, and uh, and one ton in there. And now he gets to play his favourite position of fullback and he's mm-hmm. playing against the West Tigers. It's uh, It's just an amazing trade if you can get him in at the moment.
1: Yeah, I feel like as long as he stays on the park, doesn't get injured or anything like that, plays 80 minutes, which, you know, we assume he would. um, other other, only reason would be if he did get injured, I guess. Um, I think he can pretty comfortably take a ton, hey? Pretty comfortably. He's got the role of, like, we need to win this game, and he loves that moment, you know, like, win the
0: game, have big moments, big plays, score points. He scored in two of the last three games as well, so he's on a bit of a a little bit of a spree for him. And he's also um, twenty one percent owned now. Like he was about thirty five percent owned a month ago, and I think a few people jumped off. I jumped off as well, actually. Mm-hmm. So his ownership at twenty one percent is pretty enticing because not a lot of people have trades, so it's not going to probably skyrocket that much. And they do play early enough where, if you did feel cheeky about you know wanting to avoid Nathan Cleary or you didn't own Cleary. You could even go for a, a, a VC on him and see Pong at late too.
1: Yeah, I think that's very cheeky. I like that. Very cheeky indeed. Because it, you know, a lot of these ones where we just go, "Oh, he's going to have a massive one." You have, you have to captain him, or you have to have your guys captain. You have to have something on him in seventies, eighties for a lot of these players, or you know, fifties even some weeks. So you could definitely antipod query, especially the Thursday night factor too. I reckon.
0: Mm. I will be on Cleary, but just if anyone's thinking about it, there is um there is some decent outs there. Reese Walsh, playing against Canberra, six hundred and sixty five thousand. We're talking about Gutherson going out. Teddy's out as well, so he's a prime fullback to be looking at. Uh, look, I didn't put Walsh. Oh, I think it was maybe you know five weeks ago or something. Me and Billy were talking about all the fullback options, and I had you know drink water at the top, Honger at the top. Um, I I wasn't as big on Latrell. I thought Latrell would go well, but you know, not not great. But Walsh was probably you know down the bottom of the top five sort of fullbacks to trade in at the time. And he made me look silly last week. 123 points, uh, and I should say last round he played because that was 24. He had the buy 123 points. The two weeks before that, I felt pretty good. He went 44 against um, the Roosters, 58 against the Cowboys. But then he threw up 123 and he, he did it against Parramatta when he was still making some mistakes and stuff. I was worried in that last game that he played that he was going to put on 170 against Parramatta and I didn't want to open the app and look at the score. So <laughs> playing Canberra, Tim, you know, are you confident that he's a trading option where he, can, where he can potentially go 100 plus again?
1: For me, I've got him in that tier down, um, not as a rugby league player or as a super coach option in general, but just for this next little period. Tear down from like a Dallin Martenny Lesniak, and Manu, and also um Drinky. I think he's a bit just a that's tier boy just because he 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 looks amazing, and even though I can't absolute blinder, he has to do so much bed- bedazzling um <laughs> attack to get that. You know, if it, those big plays aren't there, which you know, he he's always goes for them, but sometimes they don't get iced, with the ball might, you know, doesn't hit the mark, or the defence is good and they shut it down, so I just feel like these other guys,
0: that just look like they'll get it done easier. It so is a GIO at Canberra down. too, you know, a must win for the yeah. Raiders, and they don't have Adam Reynolds, which I guess you could argue is going to give him more possessions and more ball. Love right. Walshie too, like I had him all year, like
1: I only sold him towards the back end reluctantly because of the um, shenanigans of him not being around for a bit. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think he's only going to get better too, which is exciting. And I, he'll be always a great supercoach. I just don't. I just feel I prefer if you do have a trade and you don't have a Dallin or drinky um, or Manu, I prefer them.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Oh, I, I will say if you're head to head, drink water is the play because you know 27. He plays Penrith. That's going to be hard, and that's at Penrith. So if you're overall, you know, that's that's tough for drinking. Come and play Penrith next week. But if you're head-to-head, you're just worried about this week, and that's against the Dolphins. And that is a very, very good matchup for him. 85 points on the weekend for Drinkwater, and he did it in a game where the Sharks were very dominant. And he's someone who has only knocked on 60-plus once since round 10, so in this delectable form that he's had for the second half of the year. There's only been one dud game and it was 58. So he just looks phenomenal this week, but I'll tell you the biggest selling point for me, Tim, if money's no object, obviously, because he's 200 grand more expensive than what Walsh is, but he's 7% owned. Reece Walsh is 21% and that seals it for me, I reckon.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing with Drinky is too, although he does play Penrith next week, there is a chance that Penrith do rest players. Like, Ivan probably wants them on a premiership but there's a, every chance he might just go I don't care, I'm going to rest the boys, we don't care about the 100k um, also there's a scenario where next week Brisbane play the first game of the round, they play Melbourne so like if we've named like a large squad or whatever we could probably say Melbourne beat them and we don't have to win that last Penrith don't have to win that last game Penrith could roll out a much weaker squad in round mm, 27 That's a very good point. So that's something to, something to consider. Like if, you, like, if you're like, oh, I'm definitely not getting drink water for that factor and you do play overall as well, if you really like him and you're also playing a bit of head-to-head and you kind of think, oh, I wouldn't mind having him head-to-head purposes, I think you could kind of consider playing him. And if it does come up against as full-strength Penrith, if you've got enough depth, you could rest him next week. I know it doesn't sound ideal, but you could sit him if you've got depth.
0: Yep, um, makes total sense. And you've got you do have that option on how Penrith line up to maybe if you've got a wider squad to have a look at that next week. I, I love drinking water this week. Absolutely love it. Uh, there is another man here that we need to talk about. Mm. Um, he can be a fullback, but he can also be a center wing. Charles Nickel Clockstar. Now, he is back, and he's getting traded in massively to play this Dragons game. Now, we mentioned that uh, the last Dragons game, we had 175 points from Dylan Watani's he's CNK c and 145. So he smashed it as well with his season best score. And believe it or not, he's actually only had two tons all year, and that was one of them. The other one was only 103 versus Dolphins. But guess his next two matchups, Dragons, Dolphins. So the two teams that he's turned up against are the two teams he plays in the final two rounds. It, it cannot line up mm-hmm. any better than that. And the Dragons and the Dolphins seasons are actually over now, whereas they weren't even over before. So oh, I think that it's a, a very trade in only 600K. Uh, obviously, he did have the injury, uh, Tim, and um, it's you know, question marks on whether he'd you know, be able to play with the concussion and stuff. The, the Warriors themselves might have their spot locked up for the last round. Do they rest someone like that? It's a bit hard to tell and I think that you just gotta go for the best play. So if you think that the Warriors are gonna put points on on the Dragons, and especially if you don't if you're not able to afford the Manu's and so forth, because they're you know, Manu and D W Z, they're about sixty K more expensive, seventy K more expensive, maybe you are on a budget, then yep. this guy might be the runner up for those guys.
1: I'd be stoked to have, I mean I do have him. I've got him and Dallin. I think Dallin's just got a little bit more upside for the fact that he is scoring that many tries that It'll be either, you know, uh, SJ or uh, Chance that sets them up or gets the try assist. But or more often than not, he'll probably be on the end of receiving end of those tries. So he'll probably – I just feel like he'll outscore Chance, but Chance will still – like, similar sort of scenario, like 170, 140. If the scores 130, you know, Chance might be like 95 or 105 or something. Stoked with both.
0: And he does have the ability just to have a, a solid game um, where it's like 60-something points, which is what he did in round 25 versus Manly. Um, and really, he's got a lot of those in there where it's just sort of solid. So oh, I'm with you. I you
1: can even expect more, though, than that. But this game
0: just feels like
1: oh, it's just a
0: beat-up, doesn't it? It that, does. Like I'm pretty um, worried. Yeah. You know, it's, it'd be interesting <laughs> if they end up with a utility when they trim their side on the bench because if they do, you know, maybe they rest someone. Oh, I don't know. It's... Oh, I definitely want DWZ before him, so I agree with you because I just think there's just going to be too many tries on on hand, and DWZ is just going to get him. He's going to get a couple.
1: It's it's such a vibe over in um like New Zealand, like they they put on such a show pre-game, during the game, the crowd just with like the man posse, you <laughs> know the the Joker guy, the fun signs that that just uh, you know make no sense that they make perfect sense, and it's yeah. I think it's just so fun that the, the the fact that they're putting on shows the players like are, are, you know, living up to giving the fans what they want, which is points. So yeah, exciting to
0: be on those guys. Another centre wing in the top ten, Greg Marju. Now I mentioned how much I like Big Greg. Um mm. he's a number six most trade. So we've got a lot of center wings at the moment in the most trade the, the the most trades this round.
1: Where the upside is, I think that's what people are chasing. That's where they're gonna, you know, try and make that final lunge in the ranks.
0: I'm not sure, sure where Greg's now. gonna go against the Sharks. He went forty nine against them in round twelve and he was playing great footy at that point. Um this is gonna be played in Newcastle. For the overall guys, I think this is a really good trade because they've got the next two games at um McDonald Jones Stadium. But after the Sharks they got the Dragons. So I mean if you're if you're overall, Tim. This is one that probably makes more sense than say you know a cowboys trade or something like that where they have to play penrith um but and
1: and definitely not gonna get a oh, arrest, yeah, in some of those other cases where you're gonna look at some other guys like a warrior or maybe a Panthers or someone like that where they might get arrest,
0: yeah, and he threw up hundred and twenty last week against the house he was unstoppable. he's he got three tries very quickly in the first half it did have did have the vibe that it was going to be a five try outing <laughs> the way he started yeah. off. <laughs> Uh, Where do you rank him with these guys though? He's one of the best guys on the season in the centre wing. Like when you're having a look at the season he's put together, he's averaging almost 78 points a game and he's been very solid. And he's actually averaged more points than guys like DWZ, for instance.
1: Yeah, he's way up there. Like I think he's a better like super coach option. If I could only have one of them in my side for the whole season to start me up for next year, for instance, I'd pick Marju hands down just because, you know, he's got that great base tackle busting ability. He's got great individual running workload and stuff like that. But then just get him close to the line, he's going to score. Um Yeah, so I love, I love him as an option. I think he's great. I haven't had him all year, and he's probably been the one main person that I regret not having.
0: Well, I've, I've had him pretty much all year, and I've loved it. But I... I... Oh, he's the number one, like if you take out games played and stuff and the, you know, Tao Mogas for St. George playing three games and whatever, he's the number one center mm. wing as far as averages go, that 77.7 average. Uh, just behind him, not far, is Asako and then DWZ at 73.3 points. I would actually get DWZ over him because of the ownership this week and because playing the Dragons in New Zealand. I think that would, um, that would seal it yeah. for me and also Manu as well. But if you're looking at a two-week play, for overall players, then I would put Marzio ahead of both and actually leapfrog him because of his next fortnight of games. Uh, a couple of other quick ones, Tim. Uh, non centre wings. We've got Dylan Edwards getting traded in a lot. And I, I was surprised by this. You're a Penrith fan. I actually made the comment, hopefully not within earshot of you, saying that I think Dylan Edwards, the, the two months ago when people were trading him in for that post origin, I thought he was pretty disappointing for people. He sort of went, you know, Mm. from round 18, he went 39, 68, 70, 37, 22, 58, and it's been really boring and and pretty low. Super, super bad. 114 last week. It's got people's attention. I still don't think that he's a trade-in. I would still really worry if if Ivan's going to arrest someone like Edwards for round 27. Yeah, I think it's a terrible
1: trade-in. I I don't love it at all. Just purely like he he would be one guy that you'd probably want to give a rest to. He's he's had a pretty full-on year, like, um Yeah, power. Like I still don't think they're a walk in the park. I don't think it's a nine. I don't think we're gonna flog them. Hey, I think they'll turn up to at least for X amount of time before you know we then walk over them in the back end of the game. But you know, I don't see why people are trading him, trading him in at all. I don't see the upside.
0: No, I'm with you. We'll keep that one real short. I, I think that you should reverse. You've got to go. A uh, drink water. You've got to go. A Reese Walsh, you've got to go a Manu at center at um you know at center instead, or or even some of these other fullback options. I would go a Mini over him. And we're gonna talk about pods and stuff later, but even though Ryan Pappenhausen is there on the bench, you would think that you know if Pappenhausen does come into the 17 off the extended bench, he's probably only gonna play about 20 minutes. So like against the Gold Coast Titans in Melbourne you take 60 minutes of Meany and Meany's not going to go off the field. Like he'll probably go to center or the wing or something. He might even catch a try there and he's still probably going to keep goal kicking. So, it, it, you know, someone like that, if you've only got that sort of five to 600 range, which is why you might get a an Edwards because he's cheaper, I'd rather a Meanie.
1: Yeah. I reckon with this, there's bit too much question marks over Meany to be confident in that one. I think I see what you mean though, for sure. Like, a part of me, just a little bit, it could be just very wishful because I love Pappy. I I just feel like they might play him a bit more. He's, he's got some good minutes in under his belt in Queensland Cup. Mm. I think it could be just a waste to like why they want to bring him in on, on in through the middle. You know how they've done that in the past. I just think that's.
0: Oh, I think they'll put him on at fullback, but just um for limited minutes this round. Ooh. I think next round's definitely, like if you're an overall player, next round will be hard for Meany. Like if you're head to head and it's just about this week, I don't mind Meany at all. I think that he'll actually go pretty well. But next week, yeah, I agree with you next week. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually try and get 80 into a and at one before the finals.
1: Yeah. And like, maybe I don't, I assume like he's like a much better footy player than a lot of the other guys that have had sort of filling in at um in the centers and um, at um wing get points of this year. And so he probably would get a spot there, but maybe because he hasn't been playing in that spot, and other guys have been training there and stuff, Bellamy might just pull many off. You know what I mean, and just leave the guys that are doing the job.
0: Yeah, that that could happen as well. It's it's a possibility. So it's definitely some risks there. Um, I mean, I tell you, there's some risk with Munster too. And you wouldn't think you'd say that with him. He's he's one of the top ten biggest trades as well, getting Cameron Munster in this week. Playing the Titans, so you understand it. He didn't play them early in the year, but one of his biggest scores that he's ever had is 147 points versus the Gold Coast Titans. And one of his best averages, uh, or in fact, his number one average is against the Gold Coast Titans, 93 average against him, uh, the Titans. is better than any other club average that he has. So he loves playing the Gold Coast Titans. He's just not playing that well at the moment, Tim. 28 points on the weekend versus Dragons. That was meant to be 147 points. He didn't mm. even pack 30. You know, and he's just he's not had that sort of year, Munster, where you just go, he's gonna have these big scores or he looks dominant. Um Jerome Hughes the last few weeks has looked a lot more dominant as the ball player in that spine. So I'm even though it's his Gold coast times and even though I think that Melbourne could pump him, Melbourne ended up putting on points against the Dragons last week and he scored twenty eight.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one to pick. I, you normally you feel confident with Munster that he's a guy that'll just go and get you seventy. Regardless. You know what I mean? It's never you never pay too much attention to it, like and still he still does it. But yeah, I, I feel like he. I wouldn't overly be looking to buy him, but I'm not. I'm not worried about playing mm. him. I'm pretty, pretty feeling pretty good about him having a bounce back week. Sure, he he be aware that he his involvement and in his his um in, impact on the game wasn't that much. But then again, the storm play for like a funny style of footy where they just. One of the guys will just be more dominant for a whole game more often than not. I've heard Harry Grant talk about how, you know, sometimes he just wants to run himself, but you know, Munster's having a us and he wants the ball, so he's just got to get it. Feed the hot hand. Or, yeah, and the next game he's setting him might be just it might be um, juicy, and then you know, one another week it's my it's my turn. So, I think that's just how it's hard to pick them, but
0: when they're going to have the big one. But I just I feel like you'll have a big one this weekend. Well, one of my favourite trade-ins last week was Katawa at the Storm. And he obviously killed it. He's still under 600,000 though, Tim. And you could argue, like, he's the form second row forward trade-in that you can mm. have. I think that he is. Playing the Gold Coast Titans at home, suspect edges for them. I think that he might be running at Weaver's edge as well, I think. And, you know, it it just looks like he, he had three line breaks last week. He had two tries. He looked like he could have scored a Hattie. Uh, it just looks like that he's going to come up the Gold Coast this week. Like, if I got to trade in any forward this week, I think the Katoa has got the upside of 95 and 127 points the last two weeks. And how he's performed this year, I think that he's shown that he deserves it as well under 600K. It's value.
1: Yeah, I started with him, reluctantly sold him with the eye thing. I held on to him for so long chocs. So I just felt like I hadn't seen the best of him yet this year. And then last week was sort of what I sort of expected from him going into that Melbourne system. It just seemed like he had that ability and just in that system would flourish. I think he's going to have a big finals um, series too, which doesn't help us for Supercoach, <laughs> but yeah, keep an eye on him. I think he's going to the blinders. Oh, I love him as a buy. I wish I still had him. I wish I had trades.
0: Wish I get him. Yeah, I mean it's the Titans this week, but if you're overall as well, he's got the Broncos in round twenty-seven away. But you mentioned with Penrith resting players, the Broncos could have the minor premiership wrapped up themselves. Like if if they think that yeah. they do, you could see them in doing mass restings, couldn't you? Yeah,
1: it'd be tougher though because I guess if they won this week and Penrith lost to lost. To para, which is possible. They'd still need to win their next game, knowing that we could if they lost it, we'd have to by us winning the next game, we'd match them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, the four and again. No, they wouldn't
1: get yeah, they wouldn't get the heads up of how we've gone the final round, so they'd probably have to roll out a Mm. a squad.
0: mm. Or maybe they won't care about it and they'll just go, you know what, we'll finish second. Yeah, I reckon the
1: big prize is the one that matters.
0: hmm I love the Storm this week. Absolutely love him. So Katawa for sure. Um, Meany is a bit of a sneaky pod that no one wants to get because of Pappy if you're just worried about this week. And certainly Munster, I'm sure, will go well. I just, like Tim said, I think you're really confident in playing him and hoping for a bounce back. But you just, I don't know about burning a trade to get him if you've got some other upsides. The last guy on the list is Joseph Suali. Suali. And I tell you what, I th- he got to 380K, another one where it was like Ah, oh, Barnsley, you've burnt too many trades. This is a luxury, and it kept being a luxury until it just there was no way I could do it. And he's now 631,000. Playing against the West Tigers. Um, Sam Walker returns, though. So this is a thing, Tim, where you've got to do a bit of guesswork this week. Swirley has been kicking, and that's been helping his scores, especially last week when the Roosters put on a lot of points. Sam Walker's back, and he's a very good goal kicker at times. Uh, he was the first-choice goal kicker. Does Sam Walker kick? That's the question. Because if he does, then, you know, the 84, 75, and 108 the last three weeks that Sueli has been scoring to give him an 89 average over the last three rounds, that's going to be, you know, 10 points lower based on what the Roosters have been scoring at the moment. And that makes a big difference. But against the West Tigers, does it matter?
1: Yeah, it's hard to read because he is actually a really good kicker. I'm pretty Every time he lines one up, I'm feeling pretty confident he's going to kick it. Um, Sammy Walker was bit dusty when he started off but then got quite uh better with the boot you uh, the one thing that makes me think they might go with semi walker to kick it just is the just for the long-term play just because um thing is out the door so he's out the door but i guess they've just got to win games so i think they'll probably just pick who they think's got the better touch at the moment, right? So it's hard
0: to say. Yeah, it is very hard to say but against the Tigers, I think that he's he's looking at a double as well. So like, he's he's probably still looking at that 75 to 90 type of range. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I do like him as one. I just, I think, you know, when I saw this, I didn't look at the, the prices straight away and I was doing our run sheet for what we we're going to talk about tonight. I sort of went, oh yes, Joseph is going to be yeah. one of the value buyers like if you can't afford the other, but he's gone up to 631,000. So He's now in the echelon of, do you get him over a DWZ, over a Marju, over a Manu? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think you do. Over a CNK, I think you get all those guys over him. But he could be the pod player. Like, if you're chasing and you're head-to-head only, I think Joe's probably the play to get it up on some of these other guys, especially if he's the unique over a, a DWZ and the other team, et cetera.
1: Yeah, don't hate it. I just don't feel like it's as much of a slam dunk. I just feel it, it feels so predictable to see those, Dallin tries and probably chance, tipping them onto him and getting the try assist. Um, but, yeah, it gets the Tigers who you know, probably pretty close to packing it up. The only thing is, though, with Benji uh, at the helm sort of thing, maybe they're really trying to finish the season strong. That's
0: true as well, yeah. They, you got the whole, you know, coach is gone.
1: They got the win last week. They got the win last week, but, yeah. And they, and they, and they do look alright, you know what I mean. Like some games, you look at them and they just look like, you know, a solid enough unit. Like on paper, they look good. They've got enough big game, you know, big name players like Bateman, uh, IPAP, uh, Appy. You know, their forwards look pretty decent. Their backs aren't like shocking. So yeah, I don't know. I just don't think they're that as much of a walkover. As what well. I think a lot of people have identified that though this year, as they seem, they're not as much of an ident- a walkover as they seem.
0: Yeah, and it will be very interesting because two things are going to happen. Like the Tigers will keep that up, or they'll be rejuvenated because of Benji or whatever. Or the other option is what happens to teams that are really at the bottom, which is the Tigers at this point of the year. They just really mail it in. And you see that in the last mm. couple of games sometimes. So I, I could see either. We do need to do our machine gun fire. Uh, game by game real quickly. The Panthers and the Eels we spoke about, I don't think that there is um, any real big pods to talk about in this one, though I will say I was so disappointed that Brian Tottenham was, was out last week. I really like having him this week. Like if teams sold him last week because they needed, you know, a must win and they had to get some money up, uh, having Brian Toto this week could be great. He's He's got a month straight of 104, 84, 108 and 77 playing against the Parramatta Eels. He's got a hundred and sixty four point game against them. That is the biggest score he's ever had, Brian. So that one from memory as well, I'm pretty sure was away. So I actually really like him this week and I think a few sold him last week. But the big He'll be running at SIVO
1: too. Is SIVO actually going to be there or is he going to be
0: suspended? Ah, uh, he's actually he there. Get... So I mean he's he's gonna be running against him and also Sevo came in so many times last week off his wing.
1: So he's got off with um taking Teddy's head off, has he?
0: Yeah, he just got a, um, I think he just got a fine, which yeah, as a Roosters fan, actually, like I said during I'm happy for him, you know, th- not to get suspended. Like I thought it was, it's always going to be a penalty, right, when you hit him in the head, but it was yeah. low and, you know, he, he didn't go high really or anything. So, so I don't think it wins in my mind. Is I
1: think it happened like a season or two ago, with Sebo that took out Teddy around this time of the year, I
0: think. Yeah, and he got in trouble for that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, did you see how many times Sebo came in last week? Like he just kept running in off his Yeah. Wing.
1: Yeah, so very, very uh,
0: nice for all. The Nathan Cleary vice captain captaincy. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that you just you really can't afford in a head to head grand final week to just go the straight C on the Thursday night. Uh, if you're overall, yeah, maybe you could argue it if you, especially if you've got some bad AEs. But I, I like the VC on him. How do you feel about it for this one?
1: Yeah, it's it's really going all in. Like if you just straight C and it doesn't. Work out, you've got very limited moves to make. Like, you can't, how do you ch- chase? You know what I mean? Like, you can't really, you're then playing catch up footy all weekend, trying to work out how you can beat a guy by playing some random guys that you probably shouldn't be, or who's this one miracle guy can trade in if you've got a trade. I reckon you want to sort of get, yeah, give yourself two looks at it, BC, and then, yeah, try and nail this now let's see assuming that the C, uh, vc doesn't go off i yeah i couldn't do it it's it's just feels too you've made made your decisions too early i mean if it pays off i mean clearly has a blinder and you just put out like 150 to 100 or 150 to 200 points and you've you've pretty, probably already won just head to head haven't you you just have to be very confident in it but i'm not that confident that he's the best guy of the round
0: I'm not that confident either, and I'll leave everyone with a couple of numbers. Um, I mentioned that Toto, his best score ever is 170s, and it's against Para. Uh Cleary's worst average out of all the clubs is against Parramatta. who's only got a 55 average on his career, and Parramatta have been far worse than they are at the moment. And even in round four, when Parramatta were missing a few players and stuff still, and not starting the season well, he only got a 77, and that was in 83 minutes and golden points. So... It's uh, it, The numbers don't say that he goes well, and his high score against Parramatta is only 104 points, which is low for him in his history.
1: Do you know what? The, which means I reckon you could even consider fading him as a VC,
0: which would give you even more mm.
1: coverage. You know what I mean? Like, if then you've got a mad VC like in the next game, like maybe going down or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, so. I think
1: I'm considering it because I've got nothing to lose. Just I'm trying to chase, a little bit extra overall rank. I think it could be a play just because I think the yields do turn up against us.
0: Yeah, and I haven't loved the upside that Cleary's shown. Even when they have actually put points on teams. The last five weeks, he's gone 81, 109, 103, 53, 93. All good scores, but none of them are loopable either. So you're going to VC. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to loop any of those. So... It makes it hard if he continues his current form, they could they could smash heels on the weekend and he's still only going to put up maybe an 80 or something. And that's not even going to be a score, a captain score you're happy with at this point in the year. So it's um it's quite a ballsy move to get away from Cleary altogether, but it could actually pay off if you've really got nothing to lose like Tim. Uh on yep. the Dragons and the Warriors though. Uh look, the big one on this one is gonna be SJ. You know, if you don't do it on Cleary, maybe you've got SJ there like you do. But yeah, I think I might do that. If he's not goal kicking though, do you still see it as a as an option, even though it's against the Dragons?
1: Yeah, it's been given it to Pompey, hasn't he? And it seems like he's been starting, not being confident. Given the ones to Pompey on the sideline, if he gets one from in front, two weeks ago, it's like I'll take that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I still think he can have a blinder,
0: but. I reckon he can, but I don't think that I would burn a VC and definitely not a C on him. There's no way I could see him. Um, I, I would actually rather go a full pod VC and go John DWZ. Martin. Let's go for it. You went 175 points okay. last time oh, yeah. against the Dragons. Let's just go for Brokey with a VC and see if we can crack the 150 again. You it, know,
1: Especially when a lot of the time it's chance it's getting credited to yep. try assist as well.
0: Uh, Dolphins, Cowboys. Uh, I, now, look. The Dolphins have, have named a, a fairly understrength side once again. Uh, the Cowboys have to win this. So you look at this list and go, well, Scott Drinkwater, a 7% ownership, you'll know that he's going to be a pod captaincy option. Uh, it's a must win, but the Dolphins still manage to compete. I found it really hard to get a read on this, but I think that with Scotty's 85 last week, it gives you a little bit of confidence that if he did need to chase because maybe someone hit some big Penrith players or something like that to start with, that Scott Drinkwater could be an option. (laughs) Excuse me, could be an option.
1: Yeah, I think he's a massive option. I think if I had him, I think he's my choice of the round. I think I'd prefer him over Manu. And the next best I thought for me was like probably one of those Warriors boys. So, yeah, I reckon he's the best one.
0: 70 points against him in round six, but that was a point that the Cowboys were not playing well.
1: Dolphins were, and the Dolphins oh, were great. Serious. They beat the
0: Roosters a week before or something, yeah. I think. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> 70 at that point is actually, like, really encouraging for him. Oh, I love drinking this week. Oh, I think you can definitely go for it with him. Uh, moving right along, though, we do have the Storm and Gold Coast. And when you're talking about captaincy, it's really hard in this because I feel like the, the Storm are going to go really well. Um, I'm happy to play Dave Fafita all the time. I said that last week. I'm certainly happy to play him this week. He came through last week with a try. Yeah. Low work rate last week didn't make any difference. He gets his attack. But it's so hard to captain a a Storm player. Like we said with Grant, you know, one week it's 37. Next week it's 110. Munster, you know, one week it's 28. The other week it's 80. And Munster just this year hasn't been VC loopable. So it's almost, to me, Tim, one of these ones where I think that the Storm are going to go really well. But I'm not confident in putting the C or the VC on any of them. I
1: I think they're decent enough options and any other week you look at this matchup and go, yeah,
0: lock in um,
1: Munster, but I guess with this week where there being so many other juicy options, I feel like you're limiting um, the potential by going with Munster. I I still think he can have a blinder and I think it's a really ballsy... I'd feel more confident in Munster because he had a quiet one last week, Um, but I still wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? It's just...
0: Yeah, you're not going to be surprised if it comes up. But
1: the only reason I'd really do that is if I really felt like I wanted to flex, like, <laughs> like I'm a genius, yeah. like I just pulled off, like yeah, you know what I mean. Like I knew I was going to do it. You know what I mean? Like that's if I felt like I really needed to brag to the boys in a chat or something. it's The only reason I would do it, but <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't need that.
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm sure that you can get one up, Savs, if you uh, are. <laughs> go for it. uh no, I agree with you 100%. The Roosters and Tigers is the next one. Joey Manu's it for me. Like I'm, He's the guy that I'm most scared of. I sold him a month ago, and I regret doing it now, obviously. But he's the one that I'm most scared of this week, and he's 100% you can throw the sea on him, and I would I would rather throw the sea on him than most of the options that we've spoken about at the moment. I even think ballsy-wise... It's ballsy, but I if I had to go off Cleary to go to to Manu and just let Cleary just play without a VC or C, I'd do it because I, I'm that confident in Joey Manu this week against the Tigers.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'm pretty confident. I'm going to go with um, either Dallin or, or SJ as VC, and my captain will most likely, I think I'll end up with, I'm definitely going to captain him, Manu, unless I VC the other guys. So Manu's my guy. So, I'm trying to say it's
0: very hard to tell with the scores too with him. So, I mean, like to be fair, like I've said with everyone else, you know, he's only averaged 42 points against the Tigers in the past, and that's his worst average out of anybody.
1: Oh, that doesn't bother me. I was real confident on Rapana Mm -hmm. last week, and he'd only, um, I think he, the highest score he'd ever scored in was 60 against the dogs in his history.
0: Yeah. And you've got to look at the fact that, you know, Rappin is a good example because he was playing fullback, which is out of position for him than his current form. And Manu's playing fullback. So you can't, you've got to throw the the historical stuff out the window. When he's fullback, it's hundreds. And I I love him. The the pod for this one, mate, the last few weeks, I've really liked Nat Butcher. Love the look of him. Love the work rate and loved the line breaks he's been getting. I think he's got four or five line breaks Mm. the last two weeks. And he's now gone 95 and 86 the last two weeks with only one try. And he's just carving up the line breaks. But the last three weeks, he's averaged 54 in just raw base. So you know that he's got a good floor, and he's starting to get some some form getting through the line as well, the last few, and playing the Tigers this week in the sort of style that they're going to play. He's 636,000. You know, if I said Katoa is the best second row to buy for upside, I'd say a, a second is the absolute mega pot of Nat mm. this week. Yep. Yeah. I agree. They, the Raiders and the Broncos, I am not real confident with anyone in this. So when we're talking sit-start, I actually don't like playing anyone in this, um, but particularly backs. Like, I'll, I'll end up playing Tarpany and Horse, and I'm okay with that. But backs, mm-hmm. I really don't like playing any backs. Like, you're a rapper owner. Um, uh, you know, you, you did own Walsh. How do you feel about playing some of these backs in this one? Because at GIO Stadium and the way the Raiders play, and no halfback for the Broncos this week in Reynolds out. It really shapes up as one that's really hard to pick, doesn't it? And those can be real duds for Supercoach sometimes for for clutch attack.
1: Yeah, I guess the only backs people would have, which like maybe Tomoko'd probably be the most common out of all of them. It's pretty they're all pretty niche. Um Tomoko's kind of a bassy guy. You might not expect him to cross as easy as he did last week, I think it was. Um yeah, Rapana, I'll probably play just because he could probably any better than my other option that I could look at. Um, but I wouldn't feel, I don't feel confident in him scoring a ton, and he scored 160 last week. I think he'll be closer yeah. to 60.
0: Yep, yep. agreed. Well, the next one is actually the Dogs and the Seagulls, and this one doesn't look very good at all. So unless you've got one, a player that you really like in this, I'm actually going to go right past it and just say, I'm going to play Jacob Caraz and hope he gets a try because I love the look of him. But other than that, I'm not loving this matchup for Supercoach.
1: Yeah, I agree. Nothing there.
0: But the Knights Sharks to finish off the round in the podcast, that is a big one. Uh, so we've got a Ooh, lot yeah. of really relevant players in this one. Uh, the Knights are obviously on fire. Kalen Ponga looks like it doesn't matter who he plays at the moment. Um, now the sharks have been pretty impressive lately too, though, and you have also got Nico in this one. I have to say, it really does worry me with how Cleary's been playing, putting the VC on him early on. You know, it's it, it does allow a lot of options in this round, and if I was going to even put the C on him, I look at this and go, you know, if I put the VC on Cleary, it takes out my option to see Nico as well, and I do yeah. feel like that Nico and Ponga. Are both good options this week? Uh, the, even though the Knights are playing well, they are letting in some points. Um, the Sharks yeah. are going to want to really win this one. and The Sharks were really good uh, against the Cowboys last week, and Nico threw up his hundred and eight points. How do you see this one with these two, you know, big Super Coach options going head to head?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a good game. It'll be competitive. It's hard to pick a winner, um, but I do think it's going to be a high scoring. I think that it would be a close. Both teams should get close to twenty points. Maybe you know one of them doesn't settle on. I think they're both going to score at least three tries, so eighteen. You know, or you don't. Doesn't really matter if they miss the goals. (laughs) How much you got them as a goal kicker? But yeah, I'm sort of thinking about like twenty-four to twenty sort of score on. So which is enough super coach attack to be confident in playing anyone you got.
0: Yeah, it's, it, I, uh, if I don't own Manu, which I don't, but if, if I'm a coach that doesn't own Manu this week, then I'm looking at Ponga and um and even Hines as my captains because the other good thing that it does too, Tim, is you can keep moving that captaincy forward with all the options this week and see where you're at as well and either match yeah. you know the other team's captain or if you need to chase. It's great to chase with Ponga, but I would equally say that if you're not completely sold on Nathan Cleary, it's great to have the option where you can actually chase on a, on a Heinz and you might find that your opposition has a Ponga. So maybe they can change their captain to, to try and match you, but they don't have a, a Nico Heinz. Um, so mm. it, it is a really nice way to be able to chase in your head to head grand final being the last game of the round as well. Yeah.
1: I think it's a really good shot. Um, yeah. Cause a lot of the times just a single player being unique to another player isn't enough for you to catch up. But if you've got double score for them and they have a big one, then that might be enough to get the job done. So I like that.
0: Uh, Quick question on uh, Mulatalo, who's quite polarising. You said you play everyone. I've got Mulatalo, and I'm not sure whether I want to play him or not. (laughs) Where do you stand on him this week? Because he has been either a fizzer or or a, a double machine. It's one of the two. Um, I, I actually think that he can get some points this week. but
1: He runs the Dom Young side, eh? not the Margie side.
0: Uh, he, he's going to be on the – oh, I'm just trying to remember. I think so. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so Margie's on the left. Yeah, and Dom's right. on the right. Yeah, so he will be. Yeah, it'll be Dom Young versus Ronaldo.
1: Yeah. Well, I reckon he'd be, I'd prefer him to be going up against Margie, but I'd play him. I'd point. I think he's good he's good for he's good for one pie.
0: And this is as well like, I guess, to finish off, one of the good options for the head to head grand finals. If you're a side that has been really smart and got twenty four or twenty five players this round, which is probably hardly anyone, but even if you've got like twenty three players, you got a lot of options in your centre wing. Like you might have six centre wings and you can just keep flicking it and changing it and go, you know what? I need a a unique again, or I need to chase, and I'm going to get someone like Militale back into my side. Um, And, you know, that could pay dividends. But, look, we will finish off on the Knights and Sharks. I think it's going to be the best game of the round. I can't wait for it. Tim, I'm very grateful for you jumping on. I always like chatting footy and super coach with you, mate. So thanks very much for jumping on the All Stars podcast again.
1: Yeah, likewise. My pleasure, mate. Uh, I'm sure we'll have another little rendezvous sometime next season.
0: We certainly will, I guarantee it. And I'll have to join the um the Supercoach boys for for one of those beers that you host as well. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try for one of those coming up the track as well. Sounds good, brother. All right. Well, for everyone that's listening, if you want to find us, we're everywhere. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon. Also follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And also make sure you jump on our great partner, Picklebet googlebet.com where you can find some great odds and also use the affiliate code from this podcast which is all stars All one word good luck in your head-to-head grand finals if you're not in them good luck anyway maybe you got some uh some money to finish third or something like that in the competitions or maybe you're overall and you've still got two weeks to go the, the all stars podcast will keep pumping and we've got a talking footy at the end of the week and we've got another super coach next week until then enjoy the footy enjoy the super coach good luck in the head-to-head grand finals chat again real soon